Hello and welcome to According to John. Today's question that we're going to answer, are all sins equal and what is the greatest sin? We're going to get down and biblically dirty today. That's right. <laughs> open the Bible and explain this stuff. And the truth is, are all sins equal? Yes. Is there a greatest sin? Yes. Well, then how can they all be equal? Yes. <laughs> you gotta you gotta dig a little deeper. You gotta dig. I mean, all sin dig. is sin, but equal. You know, it's, it it violates the holiness of God, and so it's it would be equal there. Sin is a right, sin. Right, a sin but right. Are they all equal? We gotta go a little bit. Deeper. We gotta go deeper. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister, and today we're gonna get into are all sins equal? What is the greatest sin, brother? If you will open us. In a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, use the, this Bible message, this Bible teaching to help people to grow, to understand, to make them strong, and not uh, to be susceptible to being driven about by every wind of doctrine as the enemy doesn't want us to be solid. Help us to be wise in the scriptures. May your spirit teach us, we pray, and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Are all sins equal? What is the greatest sin? Man, we're going to jump right into this because in Matthew 5, 21, Jesus equates committing adultery with having lust in your heart. Well, then we would say it's equal, but then we have to understand the context of the passage and who he's talking to and what message is he trying to get out? So Matthew 5, 21 through 28 says, you have heard that it was said, those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Reka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in the danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. Be first reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and be thrown in the prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. So when he says that committing adultery is equal with having lust in your heart, sin-wise, yes. It violates God's holiness. Right, but committing murder is way worse mm -hmm. than hating someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, a little lie in the sandbox, you know, is not quite like a lie before the Supreme Court of the United States. Exactly. And a lot more at stake. And so, you know, sin in its simplicity is the violation of God's holiness. But then when you start down that sin track, well, it can right. go from bad to worse. Right. And the reason he was saying this is he was talking to the Pharisees of the day and the Pharisees believed that it was okay that you could think whatever you want. And the Gnostics said, they taught, Hey, your body is separate from your flesh is separate from the spirit. So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, right. Did. And they did. And <laughs> they they did. did. So when Within we in a religious context, yes. they did horrible moral 
filth. Yes. And but it justified. was okay. It was justified because, yeah. well, it's got nothing to do with your spiritual. And Jesus is like, listen, guys, you need to hear what I've got to say. Because you know what? The Bible says in Matthew 12, 34, Jesus goes on and he says, you brood of vipers, how can you be evil speaking good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what it comes down to. It's that that inside sin ultimately will come to the outside. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's and why we, he can hold you for hatred versus murder. Yeah. We, we try to tackle our sin issues. We all, for all of sin comes to the glory of God. We all have a fallen nature. We're fighting our depravity every day. But if you fight it on the inside... You know, I, you know, I still have lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the eyes, pride of life that I deal with every day inside of me. But if I deal with it inwardly, I'm not an adulterer outwardly. Exactly. And so that's where we have to fight that battle inside and right. walk with God, and we won't fulfill the lust well, and of the he, flesh. He tells us to take all those evil thoughts captive. Yeah. So he understands that we have that within us. But what do we do with it? Do we take it captive? Do we control it? Like you said, yeah. or do we let it build and fester because thoughts are things? Mm -hmm. That's why I have to saturate my mind with the word of God every day. I got an, I've always read the Bible since I've been saved, but I've been able to grow. Now I got more time than ever read through the Bible every month. It's kind of speed reading, but man, my mind is saturated with the word of God. That helps my thoughts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because my thoughts, because you are, my thoughts, you are giving your brain something to think about other than what the world feeds it. Mm -hmm. And it's the word of God, which obviously will help keep our mind on track, which will help keep our heart on track. And so the truth is guys to murder someone is way worse than to hate someone, but both of them are sins. Yep. In God's sight. Now, in man's sight, they may not claim it, but God mm -hmm. says it's a sin. Now, there are degrees to sin. Uh, some sins are worse than others, obviously, right? Uh, so, but in regard to both eternal consequences and salvation, all sins are the same. Mm -hmm. I'd like to kind of go back to more of a foundational thought um, as, we're, as we're launching into this. What is sin? Uh, boy, you look at different religious uh, offerings and you'll see different sins. You know, my neighbors as a child were Mormons and they had a different list right. of sins. Uh, you know, coffee and, and we call it a pop in Ohio and soda here in, in New York. My grandma was Jehovah's Witness. They had a different list of sins. And the Catholics had their list of sins, and they had the meet on Friday thing that, as a Protestant, I never heard of that. And then there was a the uh, well that event. goes that goes back to uh, people thinking that being good gets to heaven, and it leads to the question: Well, then, how good is good enough? Yeah. And now you got all these different religious groups that have all these different lists on what yeah. they determine is good enough. Yeah. Islam has a list. Everybody has a list, but I think it's important foundationally that we say, wait a minute, God defines right. What is sin? That's right. Cause there is but one truth. Mm -hmm. Amen. And we have to follow the one truth because it's very evident that, especially if you look today and like you said, with all those religions, there are many truths in man's eyes. Yeah. We hear commonly hear today from people we're trying to share the gospel with. They say, well, that's your truth. John, I never heard that until about 10 years ago. Right. 
in 40 years of preaching the gospel, nobody ever said, well, that's your truth. And now we hear it all the time. Right. Well, it's shift. not even, here's how crazy it is. Well, if a guy comes along dressed as a woman, we're to recall the that guy a woman well the guy is a guy not if he doesn't think so and so therefore you must call him a woman or vice versa a woman a guy if they want to be a guy and then it's fluid they can change their mind every hour how in the world can we keep up with that the truth is a guy's a guy and a girl's a girl god is god and we're going to answer Every guy and every girl is going to answer to God. That's the truth of it right there. Professing themselves to be wise, they became absolute fools. Here we are. Here we are. Romans 6.23 says that every sin will lead to eternal condemnation. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin, every sin is death. death. It's death. Well, loving God wouldn't send anyone to hell. And you're right. God says, I'll let you choose. You choose to sin? Well, it's death. That death is separation from me. And then, of course, meaning that you choose to deny you deny Christ, right? There's, there's a price to pay for that. Uh, but for the wages of sin is death. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you got to pay for those sins. And God says it's separation from him for eternity, and that is death because God is life. I think what you're doing in this Bible study today, John, is these are like the facts of sin. Right. You know, we have the facts of life. These are the facts of sin. And sin is the great enemy of mankind yes. forever. Yes. So to understand And it doesn't sin, matter how small or infinite that sin is. Absolutely. To, to understand sin and her martiology, I think, is the, the, the theological name for what right. we're doing today. Right. Defining sin, uh, what, what does God say about sin? I have here a thought, the nature of sin. Remember Jesus said a little leaven, little sin? Little, little, little yeast leavens the whole loaf. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the nature of sin, sin. and how to yep. deal with our own sin, how to deal with the sins of others, right. because if we don't understand this, we're going to be dominated by it inwardly right. and outwardly. Absolutely. And here's the thing, guys. It doesn't matter how small or great the sin is. The penalty is the same. Now, the world has allowed us to say, oh, no, it's, it's okay to tell a white lie, but don't tell a black lie. Well, what's the difference between the lies? Yeah. A lie is a lie. But we have, we are, as, as people, we are constantly giving in and moving the line of what's acceptable uh, to, to man, believing it's acceptable to God. But Cultural acceptability versus biblical acceptability. Absolutely. And it just goes down. Rapidly. Yeah. Rapidly. But listen. Also with that, there's no sin that's too big that God won't forgive. Amen. That's a good, that's a good side of that. Right. So, so the pop where I want to give the positive and negative on these sins, because, you know, um, when we get to the top, you know, the question is, are all sins equal? And then what's the greatest sin? We have to understand sin, number one, and then we have to understand God's attitude towards sin. One, he hates it. Two, he's willing to forgive it if you're if you're willing to go to him and ask for forgiveness and turn from it. Yep, and turn from it. That's the key, right? Repentance is still in the Bible because if you don't repent, did you really ask for forgiveness? Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah, forgive me as I continue. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got caught, but uh, right. that's what it is. <laughs> right? We found in John, First uh, John two two, that Jesus died to pay the penalty of sin, and He Himself is the propitiation. That is, He pays for our sins and not for ours only, but for the whole world. And Jesus died for all of our sins. Second Corinthians five twenty one. for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that was what we're talking about on repentance is now you become the righteousness of God. This is all God's remedy for sin. Sin will do terrible things to to us, in us, through us, and to us, and to us. Yeah. And God said, "I can fix this. This is why He gave us the Scriptures. This is why He sent the Holy Spirit. This is why He gave us His Son." And it all comes together. But you have to identify that sin. That's our problem. Right. Understand how it works in you, and that's what this is a great study, John. Thanks so, for pulling me into. Oh, dude, I like podcasting with you, man. Man, I love it. I've missed you when you were in when you were in Florida. Oh, I was like, oh, I was like, shucks. dude, what a sinner he is. Oh. He needs to get back <laughs> here. It was a sin issue. It was a sin. I repented. I came back, the Soviet Republic of New York, just to be with you. Johnny. That's right, man. Oh my goodness, that's funny. Look, are all sins equal to God? Yes and no, and that is what I was saying in the beginning. In severity, no, no. In penalty, yes. Separated from God. Yeah, send it to hell. It has to be has to be fixed. It has to be fixed. In forgivability, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's who thinks for forgivability is a word. <laughs> I, mean, I, I you get a point for that. That's a that's a new word. Right. Well add it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> that's right. Forgivability. In forgivability, yes. No sin is greater than another sin. In the eternal sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. We're talking. Forgiven. It can all be forgiven. But all sin separates us from God, mm-hmm. and all sin needs to be atoned Amen. for. Amen. One sacrifice once for all. all. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I know, and we were talking about this earlier, like the, um, you know, there's the greatest sin in the sense of mortal and venial, which is what the Catholic Church uh I don't. You said not so much today that they talk about it, but they used to teach that. Yeah, I used to hear it all the time back in the seventies and eighties here, and I haven't heard it and haven't heard it in twenty years. But it, there, it's, it's kind of a Catholic theological view of kind of what we're talking about here. Some uh, sin is sin, but some are more going to cost you more. Right. Some's and, more harsh than others in a penalty and so on and so forth. I think it's important for our audience to know that the word uh, mortal and venial are, are man-made. Right. It's, it's not biblical terms at all. Right. All sins are mortal sins. Yeah. They are, right? Yeah. All sins are mortal sins because all sins lead to spiritual death, according to Scripture, right? And eternal separation from God. And at the same time, though, the Bible states that on the day of judgment— some sins will merit greater punishment than others. So let's look at this. Matthew eleven twenty two. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. There's a difference. There was opportunity blown. The gospels comes, God speaks, he makes clear, they kind of understand, and yet they tune it out. There's a price to pay for rejecting the gospel. The, there's a heavy price. In 
Matthew eleven twenty four. But I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Yeah, they had the uh, Sodom didn't have quite the light that these people did, and they they chose to walk in darkness. Exactly, the light shone into darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. To quote John chapter three, right, Luke ten twelve. But I say to you that it'd be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Degrees of punishment. Degrees of punishment. Then we have in Luke ten fourteen. But it would be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at that judgment than for you. And Luke and Matthew are, are the same thing. It's just Jesus reiterating or saying it in both where it was recorded. But so the point is that we see that there is greater punishment, uh, some greater punishments than others. Mm-hmm. We see it, right? And then Jesus also referred to one sin being greater, uh, a greater sin, not the greatest, but being a greater sin in John nineteen eleven. Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who has delivered me to you has the greater sin. Mm-hmm. That was the unbelieving Jews mm-hmm. who supposedly had the light to uh, Pilate, who was an unbelieving Roman, mm-hmm. and he, he didn't know all the scriptures like they did. And so they had the greater sin because they rejected more truth. Well, Judah, Judas, I mean, Judas had truth for three years and he turned Jesus over. So and Jesus said it had been better for him never even to have been born, born to do that. So that's, that's a big point. Just kind of summarize that for a moment. Yeah. The, so the, Judas and, is held responsible for a greater yeah, sin. God holds us accountable for the truth that we know, for the light that we have. Right. And we also know that if you seek, you'll find. Right. You, you know, I was in darkness. I was living a pagan life, but I was open. I, I listened. I heard the gospel. That, and I wanted to that's come back the key. and hear it again. The key is to be open. Mm-hmm. But now look at Caiaphas. Caiaphas turned Jesus over. So he, he has a greater sin than He wanted to Pilate. see a miracle. He wanted Jesus to be a magician, not a savior. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he's held responsible for a greater sin than Pilate. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean by there's a greater sin, but it's not the greatest sin, right? The the sin, like you said, was greater than that of those who were ignorant mm-hmm. of of Jesus. And we see in John 9, 9, 41, Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Mm-hmm. Once you understand, you're held accountable. Or once you're told the truth, you're held accountable. Some people are like, well, I didn't know. And you legitimately didn't know. And then God's like, okay, I, I'm not going to hold that against you because you truly were ignorant of it. Let me give an application of that truth that affected your life and mine. Big, bigly. How about yes. that? Yeah. <laughs> I, get a, I get a new word too. Bigly. bigly. I don't know that bigly is actually. I gave you grace. Give me grace. You got okay. gra- I'm taking it. It's yeah. easy to understand. I won't edit it out. How's that? But, <laughs> leave it in. Um, when I was in my preparation time uh, of, of study and training and, and education to prepare myself for ministry, and it came time to go, I wanted to take the gospel where the gospel wasn't. Uh, I didn't want to go to the New York Bible is a belt. good place. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to take the. I didn't want to take the Bible to anywhere in the Bible Belt where they already had ten churches in every corner. 
and they've already rejected the gospel three times. I want to give New York the opportunity to reject the gospel once. You know what I mean? And it, that was a big part of why you and I came here. We knew Absolutely. it was a very dark area, and that would maybe drive some people away, but it was a draw to us. You know, Yogi Berra said in his hitting philosophy, he tried to hit it where they ain't. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Paul said, I strive to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I build on another man's foundation. So this this truth has, you know, application in everyday life. Uh, people that have light and reject it versus people up here didn't have much light and we came to bring it. Right. Yeah, that's, and it's a, it is a great example. And, of course, um, Jesus says if you're blind, okay, but once you know, which, me, which means once you listen to one of my podcasts or one of your podcasts. We're responsible for the truth that we know and that we hear. Yeah. And then once people hear it, they're no longer ignorant. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, but this no is, pressure. Right, no pressure right. audience. <laughs> but listen, that's still not the greatest sin or the greatest sin of all, right? That what we just gave the examples we've given you. One of the things I want to talk about is Proverbs 6, 19, mm-hmm. uh, 16 through 19. Yeah, this is, this is good stuff here. And you're going to get a point for this, John. I, <laughs> you found some really good stuff here. There's some things in this that you and I didn't talk about because I wanted to talk about it as it's being recorded because some of our best conversations don't get recorded. Mm-hmm. Some of our best podcasts happen at the table without a mic. Right? This is true. <laughs> it really is, man. So on this one, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Now, this is a list of sins that God hates and he finds completely detestable. Here we go. Okay. Verse, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 16. These things the Lord hates seven. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. And that creeps into churches, doesn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I find interesting. God is a God of order. God is not a God of chaos. And so what if, now, mind you, none of these seven are identified as a sin greater than the other. None. They're all just listed. But the way my brain thinks isn't always normal. (laughs) Screaming, amen. But I love you. I hear you. Proceed. Okay. That being said, I go, I looked at this list and I went, and, I, and I've, I've looked at, you know, obviously for years we've read sure. this, right? This isn't the first time we've come across it. And I, I said, okay, you know what? God is a God of order. And then the next question that I asked myself is, what's the first sin that happened that destroyed all of humanity? Pride. Mm, proud look. Yeah, I see it. I connected what, the dots. What was the second sin that helped destroy uh, all of humanity? A, A lying, lying tongue. tongue. I think this is in, in ge- order. You're in Genesis chapter 3. Holy cow, I never saw that before, John. Let's continue. You, you, I, you I, caught my attention here. <laughs> right? Right? 
I think that this is in order because God, and, and listen, not everybody is going to agree with me. And the verse doesn't say it's in order. I, 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 please, I'm not even insinuating that. We're not making a big doctrine of this. No. Boy, it is interesting. But I looked at this and I really started going, oh, I think this is in order because what I find interesting, because people will say when you talk to them, are you going to heaven? Yes. Why? Well, I haven't killed anyone. But if this is in order, hands that shed innocent blood is number three. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, really what's happening there is Satan is in the form of the serpent there is is slaying them spiritually. Yes. Spiritual, from spiritual life to spiritual death, hands that are sh- uh, shed innocent blood. And then the next chapter, Cain literally kills Abel mm-hmm. as right. sin has welled up and right. is, is continuing its advance at little leaven in the family leaven. How about the heart that devises wicked plans? Man. We see it unfold, and I believe, I believe, this is my personal opinion. Guys, listen, I'm just being completely blunt here so that you understand. This is my personal opinion and quite possibly Duke's now. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning with you, Johnny. I think this is in order. Well, you know, the proud look, pride is one of those root sins right at the the foundation. Listen, all of this comes, all of this unfolds from pride. Yeah, there's three. The lust of the flesh, lust of the flesh, and the pride. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride, pride of, life. of life. Those are the three foundational mm-hmm. sins from which proceeds right. all other sins. So, and that's but, where he starts out. He starts out with the root sin. The root sin is pride. Yeah. And then what comes from that? Lying, Lying, right? Self that self preservation, and then we're Violence. gonna take we're gonna take innocent life because well we want what we want, right? We're selfish, and then you have a heart that devises wicked plans. Listen, while we if we're gonna keep living for us, we got to devise a way to make this happen. And then what do we do? We are as feet that are swift to running to evil, right? Because once we devise the plan, we run to evil. And then what do we do? We got to uh, speak lies about other people to bring them down so that we keep lifting ourselves up. And then eventually we just have to destroy the church because the church tells the truth, which destroys us. Mm-hmm. I think this is in order. Yeah, it's certainly connected. I think it fits, John. And God is not a uh, uh, God is a God of order, and God is not a God of chaos. I don't think that this was just blah out there. I think this was literally systematically listed in what God really abhors the most. Kind of fits with the nature of sin. A little leaven, pride, leaveneth the whole lump. Another layer, another layer, it, another layer. It just keeps going. Yeah. So when we look at this, now, now mind you, none of this is listed as one sin worse than the other, but I do think it is a list in the order that God hates it. Mm-hmm. He hates them all. He, he hates them all. And the reason he hates them all is because he loves us. But if you look at the apostles, right? He loved all 12 apostles, right? Sure. But he was closer to three. Uh, Peter, James, and John. Absolutely. He had a closer relationship with that. So, you know, when we look at these these sins, he hates them all. But I do believe that there are some that he hates worse than others. Well, he says so in the text. Yeah. These are an abomination. There's a lot of other sins that aren't even in this list. He hates right. them all. He hates them all. But these are an abomination. Exactly. You know? So uh, he hates he hates all sin, but these are listed. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they're listed in order, Duke. 
I could be wrong. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast, this is my thoughts and opinions. Not a, not a cardinal doctrine. Right. But it, very interesting. But I love that thought that God is a God of order, and this is one category. These are an abomination. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think we should let focus on that word abomination for a moment. You know, abomination is, like, huge. Mm-hmm. Abomination, I, I wish I had a Hebrew word here and understood all the, the implications of it. But, you know, at the, even at the English level, I mean, this is really bad. This, you know, there was things that growing up that, um, that if I did, I'd get in trouble. I might get grounded. But then with my dad, there was, there was an abomination. He'd knock you out. Yeah. A loud (laughs) cloud to the snout, you know, (laughs) what day of next week do you want to wake up in? Right. There was was like an abomination for my dad. Drinking and driving was that, or selling drugs to my younger brothers that, well, I mean, those were, those were, then my dad's an abomination that would just bring about. Right a wrath and uh and I, listen everything everything is everything in the world is laid out after the way god is mm-hmm. i think some of this study that we're doing here is the study of sin and consciousness of sin that how sin works and how it grows and its order and how it works its way out um i i think that um the spirit of God is using this to just make us sensitive to right. sin. Right. I've got a, a little uh, grand uh, uh, child that two out of my three that live upstairs from us. You just, you lift your voice a little bit, you know, Roman and, and all of a sudden this lips out. And right. Then you say to then say to the middle child, call her, call her name. And she just looks at you. <laughs> yeah. She's not phased. That's that heart thing, man. Yeah. And so, there's like determination and, right. and uh, she's proud and I'm going to do it my way and I don't care what you say. And she's, she's obedient. I mean, we have right. her in, in, in obedience, but she's got a more of a defiance in her than the other two. It's interesting, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, even though the Bible doesn't name any one sin greater than the other, it does refer to an unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. And that's the sin of unbelief. Mm-hmm. Now, we need to talk about that one. Yeah, belief can uh, get anything forgiven. Yeah, so you know what? God provides the means of eternal salvation through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, right? Whoever believes in him, John three sixteen, right? For whoever believes in, in uh, for, for God so loved the world, I get this out. Getting two scriptures discombobulated. I did, didn't I? Two together. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We, we know that, right? And so the only condition under which forgiveness would not be granted concerns those who reject the only means of salvation. Will not believe. And in John 14, 6, it says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So now the unpardonable sin is those who reject the Holy Spirit's wooing, right? Because uh, even uh, Jesus says that to blaspheme the Son is forgivable, but to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is unforgivable, which literally is not so much blaspheming the Holy Spirit in the sense that you're cursing him, but in the sense that you're cursing his wooing to you. You're denying him. You're rejecting him. You are uh, tuning him out. He, uh, Jesus Christ lighted the path of every man that comes to the world, John 1, 9. I believe that the Holy Spirit 
comes upon every human being, no matter where they are in the world, and touches. Well, it them. has to, or else John three sixteen is a lie. Yeah, and and then at that moment, I just think of a pagan uh, in in the jungles of um, the Amazon, and they look up through the trees and they see the stars at night. And it's like they just know by the creation that there's a creator, mm-hmm. and their hearts. Are, are, are reaching out to him. And then he responds to that, that general revelation right. and they're seeking and they're believing. And then he sends them the rest of the message. Some missionary surrenders in a youth conference at camp and the kids becomes a missionary and goes to school, raises a port, goes to the field, learns the language, comes into the village and tells them about Jesus. That's right. not a quinky dink. That is the pinpoint precision moving of the Holy spirit to bring the, the rest of the gospel to those who respond to that general revelation and uh, marvelous in our eyes. But here we are in America, tuning it out, tuning it out, tuning it out, mocking those, calling them deplorables that hold to historic Judeo Christian Mm -hmm. morality. Now we're, we're homophobes and, and all And let me tell you, there's a greater weight of, of judgment waiting for those people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the, Here's the other thing is that I don't think I don't think that the I don't think there's a problem in having the question is there a god? I don't think that's a problem, you know, because we have to work through it. Some of us more than others. I think the problem comes in the moment someone labels their god. The tree is my god. The moon is my God. The sun is my God. So once you claim what is your God, that's the problem right then, because now God is not your God. Mm -hmm. I had the privilege of leading Dr. Bernard Vonnegut, a profound uh, scientist to the Lord. Uh, He was an agnostic by by his profession of faith. And he goes, I just never thought that much about it. I wasn't for God or against him. I just Right. A lot of people are there. He was absolutely brilliant. He's the founder of the uh, School of Meteorology at SUNY Albany. He was with men on the Manhattan Project with Einstein. He was the world's leading uh, authority on lightning strikes. He was to protect the bomb from lightning strikes when it was in the air, uh, flying and then being dropped in in the atmosphere. And uh, he... I, I shared with him the scriptures and he started connecting the dots on a scientific right. level. It was just marvelous in our eyes. And, you know, he's a guy that was on the edge. He goes, I just, you always go so far in science. And then there's like this, there's this leap and uh, you can't, it, it, there's laws that govern this universe and we can see them, but we can't understand them. How can they be? We know that they are, but how can they be? And he said, I gave my whole life to study what makes things tick. He said, you gave your whole life to study who makes things tick. And I love this. He said, if I had to do all over again, I'd choose what you chose. Right. Isn't that cool? Because even with the most phenomenal mind, it still led him to Jesus. It brought him to Jesus it brought him to Jesus. But when he heard mm-hmm. that we saw the scriptures, he was in his early seventies. Now when he, he said, I've never opened the Bible before his son had gotten gloriously saved in our church, delivered from uh, drugs. It was uh, doctor prescription drugs, uh, painkillers that the doctor prescribed because of an accident. It was really sad. The kid wasn't a doper, but uh, he saw the power of the gospel to deliver his son from drug addiction and he knew there was a power and he knew his son was 
was legitimate. And his son said, Dad, God is real. Come and learn about him. And he came. I did Bible study with him. It was one of the most exhilarating things. But see, the entrance of God's word, he responded to it. And the scriptures here on this hermardiology study of sin is if he didn't, God's lighting his path. Jesus knocked on the door of his heart, and he opened it. And if we don't open it, if we don't believe, that is the unpardonable sin. Well, and that's exactly right. Hey, guys, I just want to encourage you. Is one sin greater than the other? Um, I Conse- think consequences, but not. Yeah, it consequences, yes. But um, the penalty is separation from God. Mm-hmm. In that sense, they're all the same. Is there a greater, the greatest sin of all? The greatest sin of all is to reject the only means of salvation, and that is unpardonable, and in that sense... Ultimate price. It is the greatest sin of all. Hey, guys, I hope this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Until next time, God bless. God bless.